Welcome to Hashtag Entrepreneurs, brought to you by Dan Fridmar and Farron Bogash, a podcast by legal entrepreneurs for legal entrepreneurs. We hope you tune in and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us uh, here with Farron. What we're going to be talking about on this episode is this concept of pricing uh, in your legal services, you know, how to set it out, what to consider, what to not do. And so, Farron, what, what, what do you have to say about pricing? I think lawyers hate to talk about pricing and they hate to talk about their fees, but it's so important because we run a business based on um, our time or uh, our value and how we are paid for it. So, you know, I think a lot of lawyers have followed the traditional model, um, which is bill by the hour um, and we'll work, you know, as many hours multiplied by our rate and here you go, here's our bill. But, you know, there are some different ways of doing it. And we're starting to hear talk about value-based pricing or fixed fee pricing. Um, that is a little bit of a different way of thinking about it. Um, because you want to be able to get the business, you want to do a good job, but you also don't want to discount yourself. And so lawyers are trained. I don't know, were you trained in law school, Dan, about how to set prices for your work? Not at all. And you know, it's funny, actually. It's, it's, I find that that's one of the big things that they lacked in law school because you, you come in, you hear the sort of billable rates that, you know, that some lawyers have and then how much they differ between, let's say, you know, downtown Toronto versus Ottawa recent case they had and and yeah it's crazy it's it's definitely something that people as you said aren't necessarily comfortable with uh, and and so i think that's why it's very valuable now to but what what you know what what works for you for example a fixed bill uh, for fixed fee billing so what has worked so far is more transactional work so if you're doing a contract or reviewing a contract like often in construction you know our clients don't have much room to negotiate but they have a tender and they can bid on it or not and they want to know what the legal risks are. So they're like, can you can you point out the red flags for me? That's pretty easy to do on a fixed fee basis. Or, you know, I find some of the contract forms in construction, while they can differ with the supplementary conditions, you can generally have a sense about how much time it's going to take, what the value is to the client, depending on how big the contract is, right? Like, you know, you can have a really great contract, but if the work is only worth $50,000, Dan, I don't know, do you feel like you can charge the same as if it's a $50 million contract? Well, that's, and you know what, that's exactly it. And I think, the, especially with my clients, that's something that I tell them right off the get-go, you know, especially with liens, right? It doesn't matter if I'm registering a $10 million lien or a $10,000 lien, I'm going to have to do the exact same due diligence, you know, more or less the same contract review, more or less the same title searches, and then the exact same registration, right? So to, to your point, how, why does, why should it matter? Or how would you price it depending on the quantum, right? right. I totally agree on the lien front and uh, we do register the liens for, we do offer fixed fee price for some of them. And I know that is a pretty scary concept for lawyers because, you know, we only see risk. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? And, you know, Dan, I mean, when you register a lien, I'm sure nothing goes wrong, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that can happen when you're registering a lien, you know, suddenly, you know, the client gives you a little more information that you didn't know before, or it's a given lien, right? And you have to go hand it to someone. So, um, but you know, I, I'm of the view that law has got to change and we should be looking at giving clients some certainty for these items. And you know what, if I'm wrong on some of them, that's okay. You kind of win some, you lose some. 
What have you found works for you for fixed billing? Well, you know what? I, I think you kind of, uh, one of the things you and I spoke about before that uh, that makes sense is this idea of limits, right? If you're doing fixed billing, you really have to make sure to communicate with your clients exactly what it is that they're getting and more importantly, what they're not getting. Very so, true. So for example, with some of my contracts, I make it very clear to my clients if I do it on a fixed billing basis that they get a certain allotment of time to speak about the contract, right? So that they're not calling me constantly asking about it and also uh, you know what I do for example with uh, with ongoing contract review is I say you know here's what the base amount is to do the contract but then you have any clarifications or implementation questions that's gonna have to be hourly right because or you know we have a package where uh, we will give you one hour that's already included in the price and then we'll let you know when you come up to that hour but I think setting out those expectations are very important. I think that's really important because somehow you can get into drafting the contract and then you're into weeks and weeks of negotiating with the other party who turns out to be, you know, not as nice as Dan is across the table for me right now. And you're negotiating for a really long period of time and suddenly you're stuck with the, with the fixed fee. So uh, I totally agree. Setting those expectations, being clear of what's included and what's not included. I've also tried recently an upset fee, which is, you know, we'll agree that this is the cap, but if we go below that amount, then I'm willing to charge you that amount. And I, you know, it's a bit harder for the lawyer to do that because I'm giving you the benefit of a fixed fee, but I'm also watching it. But in this case, I was retained by somebody who I didn't really have a sense of what the contract review would be. I knew what the range could be. And so I was willing for this new client to say, look, um, if we go over this amount, I'm going to eat it. And, and we did because I'm, I'm learning still how to estimate. But I think at the end of the day, that cap was sort of a fair price for the work. And, and how does it work then, you know, when you have a cap and let's say you have an ongoing relationship, right, with a client for more than, let's say, one year, two years, you know, how do they respond when you try to increase your rates at that point? Does the cap change? How, how does it work? Yeah, so we try to do it like we have, whenever we give a fixed fee, like we have some clients where we do ongoing work. So it's whenever you need a contract reviewed, this is the rate that it's going to be. We have an ongoing relationship with them. We know how many back and forths we're generally going to have. And if we have a few more, we're willing to, to eat them because they're a really good client. But we do have it as a yearly rate, and then we do revisit it. I think a lot of firms do revisit their rates every year. And then there's a discussion about it. And lawyers hate to have that discussion. But a lot of our clients are business people. And if you just are honest about it, I find, and you're upfront about it, they understand and they're willing to have a discussion. I don't know, what what do you find about even discussions about your rates? How do you do that? I, I think it's it's more important for something uh, for us as lawyers to internalize, right? It's, and, and this, to your point about truth talking, I think that's very important and, and not just truth talking, but sort of reality setting. Right, the conversation I have with my clients from the get-go is, you know, law law is not cheap, right? You there, the market demands what the market demands, and as it stands, here's how much it costs uh, to do litigation or litigation, legal work, contract work, you name it. But I think that's uh, from a from an entrepreneurial standpoint, one of the hardest lessons that I had to internalize is that what I'm selling is my time. Not just my time, but every minute of my time includes in it, you know, unbilled sweat equity, unbilled stress that I incur by by having to think about this and worry about a problem that's really not mine, right? And so when I tell my clients, you know, here's my rate, 
sometimes I have to have that conversation. They say, oh, but well, that, how is this justified? And I have to explain, well, you see, I have to go through X amount of years of school. And also, you know, you may be thinking about something else, but I'm thinking about your problem all day now, right? And if your problem's not getting resolved, I'm also stressing about this. And so this, you know, number that I'm charging per hour encompasses not only my time, but also my health. And I think that as entrepreneurs, you really have to accept that, right? Your time has value. This is the name of the business, right? You charge by the hour or you charge by what they call thought fees, but it has value. And, and similarly, you know, if someone might be going to the grocery store or to buy a car, you know, they're not going to try haggling. Maybe they will, but they're not going to be successful in that because everything has a price and that price is set by the market. Right. No, that's so true. We were having discussion. If you go for dinner and later you say... Well, you know, I'm not going to pay or I'm going to pay in 90 days. We aren't even talking about timing of payment today, but no, that's not how it works. You got your dinner today. You should be paying within the 30 days, which I think is quite fair in the legal in the legal world. So, you know, in terms of rates, I think, yeah, being honest about it is important. And sometimes I tell clients, if you're uncomfortable with this today, rethink what you want to do or go to another lawyer. But, you know, you're going to remember this conversation at some point in time. And I've had people come back and go, you know, I, I tried to go cheap and cheerful, but it really wasn't. And I, you know, I'm just kind of over not telling people what it's actually going to cost. And it sounds like you're quite the same on that front. You know, what? And, and another thing I think that applies not just to law, but to any real industry is that ultimately you get what you pay for, right? Like you have... You have people that say they could do it for cheaper, great, but then the quality of work is going to be cheaper, right? Or they're not going to be as attentive or they're not going to be as available. So ultimately, you know, one thing to also keep in mind for entrepreneurs is, yeah, if you have clients that want to have the cheaper rate or the cheaper whichever, uh, explain that to them. Say, you know, I'm happy to do it, but you're not going to be top of mind. Uh, I will have other clients that I'll be servicing first. Right. So if you do want that higher, better level of service, this is my, you know, higher standard rate. Right. And so the last thing I think we should just talk about quickly is writing off fees, right? And we all do it. Um, and your lawyer does it. So, you know, Dan, how do you deal with writing off fees? And how do you find that that impacts your relationship with the client? Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that me personally, I really don't like writing off fees. Because once again, I with my clients, I feel that I do the best level of customer service, the best level of legal representation. And if I you know, tried my best, did my best, even if let's say we don't win, because of extra external factors, why should I have to write off my fees? Sometimes it is a, a topic I have to deal with with some clients. And especially if, you know, I have an ongoing business relationship with them and I, I feel that this would be something that they would appreciate and generate you know, more business with, then yes, typically I, you know, I look at something on a percentage basis or an hour basis. What, what I will note, though, is I do have some clients where, let's say, I do a great job and they still approach me saying, hey, you know, we want... 30% of your bill written off, right? And let's say I was naive, I didn't take enough trust money ahead of time, and I have that 30% gap. At that point, it's a business decision of, okay, well, you know, I don't want to fight or chase them. It'll cost more money to do small claims or, or whatever you have it. But internally, if, you know, if I write off my time for you in an unjustified manner, we are never working again together. I think that's it, and we're done. That's absolutely true. And the timing, I think sometimes, you know, the discounts that are given, you know, for the clients that do pay quickly, you do, you're doing a ton of work for them. Sometimes you see you spent a little, you went a little extra on the research, for example, I'm happy to give a discount there where the client pays timely, they pay the full amount they never ask. But, you know, people are constantly asking for discounts on fees. It's sometimes a sign that maybe it's time to move on and find a new lawyer and conversely find a new client. So, 
I think that's really 10 minutes on pricing. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, till our next session. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. I'm Karen Bogash of Construct Legal, and my co-host is Dan Fridmar of Fridmar Professional Corporation, also known as FPC. We can't wait to have you join us for the next Hashtag Entrepreneurs episode, where we will lay the next brick of knowledge and help you build your legal practice.